All right, everybody, it's Monday. I hope your week is getting started off right, whether uh, you're listening to this in the morning, afternoon, night. Maybe it's a nightcap. Maybe that's your thing. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with it. Uh, we got Justin Hokinson coming on here in one minute. Uh, but just want to tell you guys, remember about betonline.ag. I know I tell you about this all the time, but I'm telling you, those guys, they're the best. They're the best. Sharps hit big this weekend. Had a nice little NFL parlay I hit. Uh First NFL one that I've hit. Now, I, I've lost a, a bunch of parlays on there as well. But first one I hit, really excited about that. Trying to get some good momentum going forward. If that's your thing, you know, if that's your thing, just make sure you head over there. The online casino is always open. Uh, Dave uh, Mason and them do a really, really good job over there. He's actually come on the show and kind of explained a little bit of, of how it works. I thought it was interesting. But make sure you head to betonline.ag and head to La Terrain watches.com that's law terrain uh watches.com use the discount code jboy jboy and you get 10 percent, 10 percent off and they're not too expensive at all especially for really nice watches that they have but all right y'all didn't come here for that phase on let's roll the intro man it's monday let's get it cracking you are listening to the jboy show your number one source for auburn and the sec my goal was to run through his soul and grab his heart when I when I run through his soul. Through his soul. Kurt, May, Coach Dad. Those are memories. memories. I think we've established ourselves as, I think, the premier conference in college football. College football. Now, the SEC is, is, is better at the top. It's better in the middle. It's- the Southeastern Conference remains the premier conference. Yeah. Makes the snap. I think this is probably the best league from a competitive venue standpoint. They have the most capable team. You just look at those programs, the way they recruit, how they invest. Snap to Burrow. Three steps. Fires. Back corner of the end zone. Over the shoulder. Catch. Did he hold on? everybody thank you for joining us on this monday edition of the j boy show and uh, as per usual uh during this roller coaster of a college football season we're very excited to be joined by former rivals and and cover of the sec i think you guys are used to him coming on by now every monday a uh, good friend of the show uh, justin hoke it's in hoke what's up man not much how was your weekend man you know it was uh, got to relax and and watch some football and uh you know, grill a little bit and, and drink a cup of cold ones. So it was a good one. How about yours? Good. Yeah, man. You can't beat the uh, the weather. It was a nice weekend to watch football, man. Definitely. No matter who you're rooting for or what, what, <laughs> or what the outcome was, it was still a nice weekend to watch football. Yeah, it was, man. And there was, there were some really great games. Obviously capped off with that Alabama and Georgia game, which I want to ask you about later. But, you know, obviously going to talk about what, you know, happened in Columbia, uh, kind of what's happening you know, as of right now, with uh, with where Auburn is, and and obviously yesterday in the recap, and, and kind of over the weekend, you know, Twitter uh, is ablaze as usual. But just uh, as we do typically on this first one, I'm just going to kind of sit back and and get your thoughts on uh, what you saw from Auburn and and the state of uh, kind of the program in your eyes right now. Oh, well, um, you know that was a that was a weird one going in. I didn't have a good grasp of how that was going to go. I thought it was going to go one of two ways. I thought Auburn was going to actually go in there and and uh, play fairly efficient and win that game by 
you know, 10 or 14 points, or I thought they were going to lose by a field goal or a touchdown. I, I didn't think it would go. I didn't think Carolina would win by two touchdowns or anything like that. I, I thought Auburn would get it together or it would be a weird game mm-hmm. uh, and they, they would do something to mess it up and, and it would be a bad day. And what's weird is, you know, the first quarter, it looked like Auburn, you know, had their stuff together. Yeah. Um, they looked focused. The game plan was really good. Offensive play calling was fantastic. Um, and you're like, okay, they're going to build a little bit off of off of some of the success last week on offense and, and, and squeak it out. And um, it kind of had the feelings of last year's A&M game, like going on the road, don't know what you got, and then you kind of surprise some people. Um, but those interceptions changed everything, literally changed everything. Um, when Bo Nix threw those two picks, granted they answered one of those back with their own um, touchdown, um, to make it 16-7, but it just changed everything. It allowed Carolina to get momentum and get some life in that football game. So that was a that was a tough one to swallow. I mean, South Carolina does not have the talent Auburn does. This is not this is not a thing where you say, oh well, you know, well, my champ's building something over there. Yeah. They're, they're fine. They're fine. They're they're okay. They're competitive. They're competitive on defense. They've got a good running back, but. Um, let's not mistake this for Auburn going on the road and losing to some upstart program that's, that's really recruiting well. I mean, this is this is a bad loss. This is a very bad loss, um, especially how you start off the first quarter. You're controlling, you're controlling time. You've got more yards. You're you're, you're doing everything you should, and that it, it all unravels because of mistakes. Um, I, I don't know what my biggest takeaway from that game is. Bo Nix is obviously going to get tons of heat. Um, and he should. Um, his decision making is very poor right now. Uh, it's very poor, and his technique's very poor. Um, I, I think those two things. He's incredibly undisciplined. Um, he's so side armed. He he doesn't have his feet set. He's done that his whole career. He's never gotten better. And his decision making. That's I think where he struggled the most. He watching Bo Nix play is like backyard football, and. You, you were okay with that as a freshman, right? Because you just figure he's getting his feet wet, the speed of the game. You, you didn't, you're not going to be too hard on him because you know that he's young. But it's, that's not an excuse anymore. He played, I mean, he played a heck of a schedule last year. Um, so he got, he got baptized last year. Um, and Auburn was in some of those games. So it's just, it's not an excuse anymore. And, and his decision-making, uh, I mean, those interceptions he threw, I'd say the one to the sideline is just a really bad throw, but the other two I thought were bad decisions in addition to bad throws. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the one to Seth on that outside that almost got returned for a touchdown was just a bad throw, um, but the others were bad decisions where he's, he's, he's pressured and he doesn't know where to go, and he just makes a terrible decision to, to throw into traffic. So I think he's going to get a lot of heat, deservedly so. Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn should get a ton of heat because that's their job. You have two guys who have made their careers and made their names off offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no development at the quarterback position. I wonder um, what Chad Morris is doing when you have a quarterback that's struggling. You see him arguing with Seth Williams. Where is your ability to calm him down? Where is your ability to change up the play calling to get him back in a good state of mind? I thought in the second half, why not come out and get tank more carries. Yeah, you you just you just throw it just as much as you did in the first half. So I didn't understand. There, I thought maybe there was a way to call a game or get him back in the flow uh, or get him get him a little bit of confidence. That didn't happen. Just kind of just wing it and keep keep slinging it around. Um, so yeah, bad bad day for for Auburn. Um, you know you see the, the and then you and then you look at things like smoke 
Monday and Jeremy uh, and, and Sherwood um, and Capers and all these guys running their mouths. Um, that that I think that just compounds on top of the loss to make it even worse. Then you see Sal Canelo on Twitter talking about things behind the scenes. Then you see Chandler Wooten talking about no leadership. Yeah, that makes it man. That now now you ask questions. It makes it a very it makes it a very bad day. It's not just a loss, but now you got guys talking about locker room issues. You got guys in the field running their mouths for no reason and good for Cody Burns for getting on capers the way he did. But um, it's hard to not walk away from going, it's just a loss. It's hard to not walk away and go, there's, there's, there's deeper issues here going on. Um, and that's that we don't, we don't, you know, we don't know all those answers, but um, clearly there's stuff going on outside of just bad football, which is yeah, and, yeah, uh, and, not and, good. And, and I agree. I, I agree a hundred percent. And even uh, obviously, I don't know if you can hear the dogs in the background. They agree with you a hundred percent. They agree as well. as well. Yes. And you know, it's, it's something, Hoke, where, you know, there's one thing to make mistakes, and everybody makes mistakes. You're going to throw interceptions and stuff like that, but there's there's a few things that I see, and, and me and you've talked about this on, on, you know, Mondays before. It's you're making the same mistakes over and over again, and it's not just the players. It's the coaches, whether it's time management. And, and the things I look at is, okay, you come out against South Carolina, and the quick game's working. Right, the quick game, the slant game inside was working. They were having some success with that. And then instead of saying we're going to just incorporate that into our offense, they say we're just going to fall in love with it, and that's going to be our identity for the rest of the game. My my biggest thing, my biggest thing when I watch is like I said, you're making the same mistakes over and over again, but you fall in love with something, and that tells me you don't have an identity. It's not like all right, well. This is who we are. This is what we're trying to do. If something gets hot, if we have something that's working, we can lean on it, but we're not going to have to put all our eggs in that basket. And, you know, you bring up the stuff on the sidelines, and I agree with you 100%, man. It's different because you see guys argue on the sidelines. I talked about this yesterday. You see guys argue on the sidelines. You see players arguing with coaches, you know, sometimes. But there's a line to it. And you look at the way that Bo Nix handled himself, you know, with Chad Morris against Arkansas. And, you know, but it seems like it happens every game and that there's something deep rooted. And then if you're Bo Nick, something to me that that just it really surprised me is I believe on the second interception he threw the one on the sideline or the third. He tried to hit a guy late too, like way late. And the refs should have thrown a flag. He attempted to make the tackle, didn't get it, got upset and then went and tried to blind somebody and missed him. To me, like you're, there's a difference between being a leader and positive and emotional and being reckless. And right now, Auburn just seems dysfunctional and reckless when it comes to even the most simple things as communication and being able to talk to each other in a constructive way. Yeah, I, I, that's probably a more accurate term. I think um, when you describe Bo Nix, I, I called him yesterday. You know, I said his technique and his decision making was undisciplined. Uh, reckless is a better description. Um, that is Bo Nix right now. He's reckless, and you know that's why you see him. Uh, there's a fine line with him, right? You see him make some plays, and you're like, "That's that's a, that's a great play." Like that was he made a throw, and I can't remember when it was, but he made a throw. Uh, a cross field throw to Schwartz that was, it was either a comeback or an out route or whatever it was. Um, it was a fantastic throw. I mean, he was on the far hash, so he's going across field to long throw. And you see that and you go, there's not a lot of guys that are making that throw. There's not a lot. Um, but his decision making and what's going on in his head and is just not there. He has to understand, um, he has to understand as a quarterback, it's not just about 
uh, your ability to run or pass. Like he has to control the game. He has to understand, you know, okay, I need to give my defense. Uh, that needs to be in his head as well. And third downs or whatever it is, I'm not throwing, I'm not forcing the ball. We're going to play field position. That's important. If I can't get it right here, we're at the 40. I'm not forcing something. We're going to punt if we have to. None of that goes through his head. None of it. And you saw that him, I mean, those interceptions he threw, putting that defense in, in, in um, bad situations. There's just no... There's no game management. There's no concept of the rest of the team, the big picture going on with him. It is just backyard football. And I agree with you. I don't that that late hit you're talking about. Um, I think it'd be easy to go. Wow, he was just frustrated after the interception. Um, but but I, I agree with you that that was indicative of yes, he was frustrated. Um, but it also shows a little bit of an attitude. Um, it shows more bad decision making. Um, and I agree that was more than just him mad about after an interception that right there was a perfect summary of where he's at, which is he's got problems. He is, he is mad. He's frustrated. He's not in a good headspace. He's not seeing the thing, seeing the field clearly. Uh, he's not thinking clearly. Um, and I'll, and I'll give him, you know, I mean, the offensive line is not doing a great job either. I mean, he's Bo Nix has played his entire career so far at Auburn pretty much about every probably three three plays. Right there's somebody coming through that line, and so I'll 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 give him a little bit of leniency there because there is they're not doing a great job of picking people up. There's there's kind of consistently there's people breaking through the 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 line and and, and causing havoc and making him scramble and and so. Maybe that's gotten in his head a little bit where he that's just in his mindset. Um, I understand the offensive line's got to fix that as well. But Bo's got to make good decisions. He's got to understand what his team is, what kind of offensive line he's got, what the big picture is uh, from a team perspective and how to win football games and not make those mistakes. He thinks it is him versus the world. I'm, gonna, I'm running, I'm slinging it around, and he's just got to understand Hey, we can punt this time, and and maybe my numbers might not be great, but I'm not going to throw an interception. Like that needs to be his mindset. I don't know what happens, but I'm not throwing a pick. So he's just got to calm down, and that that comes down to Gus and Chad. They have to develop him. You can't put it all on Bo to just figure it out, right? Develop him. Figure out ways to make him comfortable. If he gets in that and throws a pick or two, get him out of that. Yeah. Call better plays to get him out of that. That that has got to be on them to figure out how to get him out of this funk. You've got Tank Bigsby. They've done a little bit better job running the football. Uh, you've got Eli Stove and Capers is, is, is shown a little bit of ability. You've got guys there, but they've got that's on them to figure out to get him out of that funk. Um, I'm not gonna. I mean, I, I'm blame. Bonix has got plenty of heat, but ultimately, it's Chad and Gus for for where he's at and from a developmental standpoint. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I'm from the school, but obviously, all it comes back to the head coach. It's it's his program, offensively and defensively. And you know, a, a way, a way, and, and you're exactly right, Justin. You talk about developing. A way you develop is by competition. Is by having somebody behind you that can push you that every now and then you have to say, man, I got to make sure I'm staying on everything. I got to make sure I'm not making critical mistakes that hurt the team because if I do, I know they'll put this guy in and there may be a chance I'll never get my job back. He's never had that at Auburn. He's never had that at Auburn. And when you don't, then, you know, I watch the way you, the way he acts and, and stuff like that. It's almost, it's almost like there's no fear of repercussions. And when you have that, you, you, you don't have the level of respect and the ability to, to the ability to say, Bo, you've got to calm down, man. 
You have got to calm down. Well, when there's no respect level there and when all you do is yell at each other, that, that never works. You're not going to be able to, to get him excited. You're not going to be able to calm him down. You're almost better not even talking, and that goes back to the relationship. And I understand. I totally understand being frustrated back there, getting the snap, running around for your life a lot of times. But I always laugh when when announcers say, well, this quarterback's a game manager. That, that, that's that term has been twisted more and, and winded more than any term possibly in football. Every quarterback is a game manager. Every one of them has, has to manage the game. And like you said, it may mean, hey, I'm Patrick Mahomes at the Chiefs, and I'm not going to throw for 500 yards this game. I may throw for 250 or 300, but it's going to get that clock to wind out. It's going to give us that win, and that's what we have to do to win the game. And it's not forcing it. Because, again, I think there's there's he's trying to force a lot, and it's not all his fault. And the people that say it's all his fault are incorrect. That is a symptom of a much bigger problem that Auburn has had when it's come to, come to developing quarterbacks. And you just look at the track record. I mean, outside of – you know, Cam Newton, when, when Malzahn was the OC here, and to be honest with you, I'm looking at this red solo cup that could probably score 30 points a game with, with Cam Newton at quarterback. And Nick Marshall, who was, you know, a, an absolute witch for two years, and they just don't make guys like that. So you can't just rely on having uh, some elite generational talent come play quarterback every three to four years and that be okay. And, you know, you look back at the record, I just keep getting hung up on the 28 and 25 in your last 53 SEC games. That yeah. that's ter- like oh you know man and and you know me either way I'm I'm gonna tell it how it is you know that that he's had success against Alabama I'll say it but 28 and 25 in your last 53 SEC games if you would have told me what team would you have got I would have said I'd be like okay South Carolina or you know I don't know you know Mississippi State Auburn 28 and 25 0 and 11 on the road in Baton Rouge Tuscaloosa and Athens. That's just tough, Hoke, and and you're having, and I said this yesterday, they're having year one problems in year eight, and that just that shouldn't happen. Well, yeah, the execution is 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 horrendous, and we're seeing a lot of poor execution around the league. There's a lot of guys, but I mean, you look you look out there right now. I mean, Bonex is dead last in percent in completion percentage, and you know, if not for uh, you know, I think he's he's close. He's obviously very near the bottom in picks, um, and outside of the quarterback for Vanderbilt. Bo Nix is dead last in yards per attempt. So it's not like he's, I mean, here he is averaging like six yards an attempt, but near the bottom in interceptions and near the bottom in, in the, the absolute bottom in completion percentage. So that doesn't, that shouldn't add up. I shouldn't be averaging six yards an attempt and also be dead last in completion percentage. Um, that's, that's crazy. And I think you hit on something with Bo. I think the guy's an awesome competitor, um, but there is something lacking Maybe from a humility standpoint, and maybe he's getting it now. Um, I mean, he he was always successful in high school. Um, his dad was his coach, so there was you know maybe a little bit of um, uh, freedom there. And and true freshman starts at Auburn, wins the first game against Oregon. Um, and I just I just wonder if, if I see him play, and I wonder why is he being so reckless? Why is it him against the world? Why is he? Why, why does he, you know, the fourth and five last play? What's he doing yeah. trying to run in? What are you um, doing? And, yeah, you just, I just wonder if he's getting right now, 
a little bit of a dose of humility to understand it's not about you. you you've got to you've got to calm your head and you've got to understand it's a team game and it, you can't force things every time and you can't sidearm stuff whenever you want and you just have got to take better care of the football and the offense and how you play. And again, it's a team game and I saw drops out there and I saw offensive line issues. Um, but he's got to own his mistakes and he's making a lot of them right now. And to be dead last in completion percentage, um, that can't happen. You've got too much of a, too much ability. You've got decent receivers. You've got a running back to lean on. And maybe that's Chad that they're putting too much on Bo. He shouldn't be throwing the ball 50 times, but you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be dead last in completion percentage like that. Um, that makes no that makes no sense to me. So I don't know where they go. I think you talk about Malzahn. Yes. Outside of his record against Alabama, I mean, I, I will be as fair as I can be. I, If you tell me something, I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I don't know another thing you point to to build up Gus Malzahn. The only other thing you could probably point to is go, well, he's recruited really well. problem with that is that doesn't then excuse the record. Yeah, exactly. So you could say yeah, he yeah. recruits really well, but I could say, well, then why has he got the record he has? Yeah, so, yeah. And then people say, and then people say, oh, well, he signed top 10 classes. Well, I'm going to give you a hint. Those stars mean absolutely nothing when that ball is snapped. A lot of it is evaluation. You see guys go from two, three star to five star in one year. A lot of it is evaluation, especially up front. And yeah. to be honest with you, evaluating offensive lineman is pretty tough. Probably the hard, in my opinion, just from what I've seen in the staff meetings and, and recruiting meetings, I've been evaluating offensive lineman at a very high level is very tough. And the people that are good at it, it's very obvious when you're able to turn on the film and see, you know, whether it's a team from the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, or whatever. And if you're going, you, you that's a great point. It's a mathematical formula because I always get back to this because, you know, some people you'll never convince. But if you're going to have those top 10 recruiting classes, then you can't be 28 and 25 in your last 53 SEC games. You can't be two and seven, whatever against Georgia. That, that just doesn't add up. And you're exactly right. It's a cop out. And, you know, again, it's, there's, you could say there's some positives there. Obviously, you know, you have tank and, and, and that stuff, but really outside of that, because looking at defensively, Hoke, and I want your, you know, thoughts obviously on the defense. You know, half the time Auburn wasn't getting lined up in the secondary because their two safeties are talking to the other team the whole time. It just yeah. blew my mind. I mean, and again, they were putting some bad spots. Uh, I thought the pass interference call against McCreary was terrible at the end on the third and long, but it should have never gotten to that point. It should have never gotten to that point. And almost looked in the second half, and I know they don't have a ton of depth up front of the defensive line, but South Carolina was pushing them around. Hey, real quick, want to let you guys know one of the biggest things you can do for the show, go to manscaped.com. On any product, once you make a purchase, use the discount code JBOY. That's J-B-O-Y. You get 20% off and free shipping. I'm going to say that again. 20% off and free shipping. All right, we're in October, cruising towards November. You can smell Christmas around the corner. If you're looking for that gift that, you know, somebody you don't know who to how what gift they want, we all know those people, head over to manscaped.com. They've got everything from clothes uh to uh trimmers to nail kits to everything everything you can imagine oils butters everything that that you could possibly need and again they have really good bundle deals packages that's what i go to and again saving 20 percent off and getting free shipping on one of those packages really really saves you some money so obviously the more you get the more you'll save 
and it helps out the show a ton more than you guys will ever know. So please go to manscaped.com. If you're looking to get something, use the discount code JBOY at checkout. It's J-B-O-Y. They've got the best products. All right, back to the show. Yeah, they were. Um, And yeah, that was was a a really, really, really bad call. I mean, you you cost Auburn two timeouts and ended up costing them you know, over, over a minute or so that, that really put them, um, in a bad spot. It didn't really give them a very good chance to make that happen, um, on that last drive, but yeah, the defense obviously has got issues as well. I continue to see the defensive line, um, they play okay, but I don't see enough guys getting off blocks. I thought Colby Wooden did some good things and obviously Zacoby McLean, uh, is a baller. That kid, um, I said it on Saturday, but he, he reminds me, I don't know how many Auburn fans, Watched Auburn in the early 2000s and watched the four, the the current linebacker coach Travis Williams play. That's who he is. Yeah. He is undersized, but he will hit you, and he's fast. and And I get why he, um, you know, why Travis probably absolutely loves that kid. Um, but yeah, the secondary is an issue, and, and and yeah, Smoke Monday and Sherwood. Um, uh, they they need to shut up and play ball. I get that. What I think is they probably look at themselves like the enforcers and they're feeding off each other, and that's fine to a point. I get that. Um, but, man, there was a lot of trash talking from, from, from those guys. Uh, and I'm cool with a little bit of swagger. You yeah, need to have yeah, that. But, but there was just entirely too much yapping from those guys in a game that's, that's um, in the balance and, and even some of them making plays. I just – I didn't like that. And then you see Capers doing it on the other side and you feel like it's feeding over. And I'm just, yeah. that stuff needs to, to, to chill out and they need to, they need to play. I mean, Sherman, well, well, Sherman would make a play and then lose his mind. Yeah. So well, what's crazy, Hope, they literally were talk. both of them were talking to Shy Smith the whole time. And literally, Shy Smith was non existent until they started really talking to him. And then all he did was start mossing everybody on the team. So when you, when you do that, because, again, I remember I, I, I think Smoke or somebody just cleaned him one time on the sideline. And the referees had to go separate him, separate him, whatever. And you could just see Shy Smith just say, okay, that's fine. And then he climbs the ladder on Pritchett. And then he makes a, just an absolutely incredible catch on the sideline on a great play by Roger McCreary. That's you know about as much as you can do at corner. Yeah. But there's little stuff. Then how about you do this, man? How about your two-and-one? You guys have been struggling. How about you go make the tackle, get up, high-five your teammate, or go celebrate with your teammates? How about that? How about you go celebrate with your teammates and and enjoy it with them if you're going to celebrate? But no, we're gonna we're gonna turn. It's the same thing when I saw KJ Britt make the tackle in the backfield against Georgia when you're down 27 to six and and your your defense has gotten ran through for four quarters and you get up and celebrate. To me, I just see a lot of individuals. There's a lot of individuals, and yep. you know it's it it kind of worries me that that's the kind of the way that you know it's this year has has been and it's been going and that's something that. It's tough to write that shit, man. Once it starts going down, it's it's tough to write it. And and before we we, we get out of here, Hoke, I do want to get your thoughts on Ole Miss next week. Um, you know, in the Bama Georgia game, but you know they, they better get it together because Ole Miss, even though they lost to Arkansas, is not going to feel sorry for Auburn and Oxford. No, they're going to have their hands full. Um, Ole Miss. I mean, they you know Ole Miss had whatever they threw six picks. Matt Corral, um, you know, lost his mind. So you thought Bo Nix is bad. Uh, it, you know, it, it could be worse. Um, he, th- he threw six interceptions, um, three to one guy, but but they're still going to score, and they still scored twenty one, throwing six picks. Um, so they're going to be back at home. They're going to put points on the board. So I mean, um, you saw Auburn's secondary is is susceptible to getting beat, no question about it. Ole Miss is going to spread you out and run that tempo, and they're going to put points on the board. So. 
Bo Nix is going to have to get his head on straight. Um, you know, maybe this is a game where Auburn can rush the ball more consistently yeah. and, and you can maybe Bo's not throwing the ball 47 times. Ole Miss defense struggles. So maybe this is a game that, um, that is not, um, so much in Bo's hands. And you got to keep their offense but, off the field. That's another way. Yeah. To you got, yeah. But they're going to have to score I and mean, they're going to have to score at least 30. Um, you know, so yeah, they're going to have, they're going to have their hands full. There's no question about it. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, look, we can talk X's and O's about how, you know what it's going to take to beat Ole Miss and and what they need to improve on. But uh, some of the things that happened Saturday, I'll just go back to, to to what we were talking about. Is is bad signs when when guys are running their mouth and Capers did what he did, where you have a hold and you negate a forty huge. plus yard play, huge play. You come back, you catch a third down pass, you're seven yards short of the line. And you get up and talk trash, and good for Cody Burns for absolutely laying into him because he deserved it. But it looks like a bunch of individuals, and that's the stuff that was very, very worrisome when you come out of a loss. Winning can cure a lot of things. You come out of that with a win, pool fine, hotheads, whatever, we got the W. You come out with a loss, um, and that's not good. And then you see you combine that with the things being said on Twitter. Uh, you combine that with Seth Williams and him arguing, which I can, I'm okay with a little bit, but I can understand Seth and his frustration. He's going against the dude who's going to be in the NFL at corner, and Seth's going to be in the NFL, and Bo's throwing just terribly inaccurate passes that cannot happen. Um, but I don't like some of the body language, some of the things being said, some of the individualism that came out of that game. It's probably more worrisome than just losing the game and Bo throwing some picks. That's the kind of thing. Um, that I that is that is bad deal when you're two and two, man. You you got to right the ship real real quick. They go lose at all at all Miss. This season's done. It's done. It's over. You got Alabama. You got LSU. You got A and M. Done. If they don't win next Saturday, so they better get their head on straight uh, real quick. Definitely, and and who knows after that? I mean, obviously, you know the the stuff that that I've talked about over the past couple of days. I just you know again that is what it is. But I do hope before we get out of here, I obviously want to talk about Bama and Georgia, and then really Kentucky just destroying Tennessee. That one really, that one really shocked me. Not that Kentucky won, just the way that they did. You know, it's tough for me to trust Guarantano, but just give me your thoughts on Kentucky, Tennessee, and then uh, Alabama, Georgia, if you don't mind. Well, wild stat um, that I saw about Kentucky, they. Uh, I mean, their last two games, they they crushed Mississippi State and crushed Tennessee. And in those two games, they have a combined 450 yards of offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they're just they're just picking. You know, they play two quarterbacks that are maybe more careless than Bo Nix. I, I don't know. Um, but but you know, Kentucky's a good team. They they got a couple of wins and and uh, and good for them. Tennessee. Um, wow. I mean, here we are, just back two weeks to ago, life. Back yeah. to reality. Well, they're going into Georgia, and everybody goes, "This is what this is going to be the game." Let's, you know, and they're leading at halftime, yeah. crazy enough. But um, it's gone downhill really, really quick there. So they're, I mean, they're they're probably in. You know, their fans are probably as upset or, or more upset than than Auburn fans right now. Um, but the Alabama Georgia game was, I mean, it's a fantastic game. Georgia again just couldn't get it done in the second half, and you kind of figure. I mean, they don't have the firepower on offense to to hang with Alabama. I think the surprising thing was, you know, I don't know if people thought Bama was going to put the yardage and the points That's on that Georgia defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's crazy is as good as Georgia's defense has been last year and this year, you go back to the SEC championship game and this game, they were efficiency-wise probably the best defense in the country, and they got shredded. The LSU shredded them. 
and then this one. So it's it's interesting that they've been so, so, so good, probably the best efficiency defense in the country. But then when they went against the best offense last year at LSU, they got smoked. And when they go against you know them or Clemson, Alabama or Clemson right now probably as the best offense, they get smoked again. So they've, you know, it's just that maybe, I don't know, things have changed. Offenses just Ex- offenses that really execute and that that that, that know their identity and, and have got those good play callers are really really hard to deal with right now. But Alabama looks like a juggernaut. I mean, to me, them them we'll see what Ohio State looks like, but all expectations are that Ohio State's going to be fantastic. To me, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama are are it it's almost as much as it ever has been in a league of their own. Yeah, they're going to be in a league of their own in terms of offense uh, and then having the defense that can that can win you a football game. So, I mean, Alabama looks great. I don't see how Alabama and Georgia, if that were to be a rematch, I don't see how that's any different um, in Atlanta. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe maybe Georgia, maybe maybe Stetson Bennett plays a little bit better, doesn't throw the picks. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure how that's going to be a lot different. It could be a 10-point game instead of 17, but I'm not sure how that's going to be a, a lot different. I agree, man. I, I think you hit the nail right on the head, man. And Hoke, as usual, really appreciate you joining us uh, on Monday to give us your thoughts. Uh, always a, a factual and, and unique perspective, man. Tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Uh, yeah, well, I, thanks for thanks for having me on, man. It's always fun to, no to talk ball. Um, at Jay Hokinson, um, go follow, and, and we'll uh, we'll try to keep it real and have fun on Saturdays. Next Saturday is either going to be a lot of fun. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun either way because if that goes south. Um, I don't know. Just get to drinking. And, uh, <laughs> look forward to basketball season. Yeah. Uh, if they win, I guess I guess you can hang it on for one more Saturday. But Definitely. we'll see. Definitely, man. Well, Hoke, like I said, I really appreciate it, brother. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See ya. That was Justin Hokinson, former reporter at Rivals.com, covering the SEC. Justin does a great job. Love having his perspective on. Love having you guys join us, uh, obviously, on this Monday. Hope your week got started off right, um, you know, or is getting started off right if you're listening to this. Uh, whether you're driving to work, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, doesn't matter. Uh, you can always access us, remember, on Twitter. Uh, follow us and Instagram at The J Boy Show. Make sure you go to thejboyshow.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Remember our Manscaped and deals for La Terrain watches. And uh, make sure you check out that online as well. Faison, always doing your thing in the studio, man. Uh, he's he's my Harry Potter. That's, that's what I say. But really appreciate you guys joining us. Whether you're a new fan of the show, old fan of the show, uh, or heard about it from somebody else, we're really happy to have you and look forward to keeping you. So uh, it's been another edition of the J-Boy Show, and J-Boy is going, 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 gone.